You're listening to the Vanu Podcast, the podcast making you invulnerable to the coercion of the state and the servile society. Visit our website for free resources to aid you in your pursuit of self-liberation. Old Vanu publications, podcasts, guest articles, and much more. Go to vanupodcast.com. And now, your hosts, Shane and Jason. You're about to hear what I believe to be the most important interview I've ever conducted, the most important podcast I've released in my six years in the alternative media. And considering I just finished our Building the Second Realm re-release, that's saying something. This is my interview with Dr. John Apsley, a pioneering doctor who spent his life reversing chronic disease in patients by allowing, supporting the body's natural regenerative properties. A more thorough introduction to his work and bio will be included momentarily, but I just wanted to point out a couple of things before turning over to the discussion. So obviously, my main interest in this foray is with the intention of curing my type 1 diabetes. Uh, There are a couple of points where we get really into the weeds, talking about the potential curative uh, curative properties of a raw pancreas from a healthy animal, and uh, we do get a bit technical, uh, but nonetheless, the process of reversing uh, and regeneration seems to apply to all chronic disease, so um, there should be something of value. uh, There will definitely be something of value for everybody. Reason being, we all know someone with, uh, with or someone who has succumbed to cancer. Uh, furthermore, as you'll hear John explain, uh, the program they offer at their clinic in it's either Tampa or Orlando uh, is extended by necessity, uh, meaning it's at least a couple of weeks. Uh, but John is interesting, as he is a doctor looking to move off-grid uh, in the next year or two and implement these five pillars of regenerative lifestyles with an off-grid community, uh, I guess you could say emulating the long-living cultures uh, that he references so much uh, in this discussion, uh, as well as his work in general. Uh, certainly unique, a, a great resource to come in con- a great resource to have come in contact with. Uh, so yeah, listen to the discussion and do your own follow up research. And uh, if this sounds like something you'd be interested in, uh, what about moving out to Pasnia and uh, joining the Agora? Uh, we don't have to beat them with violence; we just have to outlive them. Uh, being a bit facetious, but uh, regardless. As I said towards the end of the interview, I've still got a lot of research to do uh, on Dr. Apsley's work and the regeneration effect. But I don't know. I. Uh, I think I may have stumbled across the healthcare system uh, of the second realm. Uh, indeed, there are numerous, numerous reasons to strive for our own infrastructure. And uh, I suppose uh, removing toxins uh, from, say, the water supply, uh, getting really you know, high-quality water, and uh, um, lots of other stuff which we'll talk about in this discussion. Um, but yeah, please check out the extensive show notes at vonupodcast.com forward slash 89 and share this one around far and wide. Uh, if my fascist tube account wasn't slated for deletion uh, in the next wave of censorship, uh, it sure will be now. <laughs> uh, enjoy. And welcome to the Vanu Podcast, the podcast making you invulnerable to coercion. I'm your host, Shane, coming to you from the Free Republic of Pasnia. For more information, please visit pasnia.com. So I certainly hope you enjoyed what I, I guess were the introductory episodes of this Health Liberation, Self-Liberation mini-series uh, here on the podcast, a uh, classic Hour of the Time series on vaccines, germ theory, uh, and uh, AIDS from all the way back in 1993. Uh, we'll certainly continue that uh, series today with my very special guest, Dr. John Apsley. Uh, I came across Dr. Apsley on the Foreign Borealis podcast, an episode titled, These Are the Suppressed Cancer Cures. 
And uh, let me just say, I was so impressed with his work uh, and his knowledge that I just had to get him on the podcast. Uh, So to read a bit of his bio here, uh, Dr. John Apsley is a physician, author, and researcher who for the past 30 years has specialized in integrative regenerative medicine. His cutting-edge techniques are designed to reverse chronic degenerative disease through accelerated tissue repair and cellular regeneration. Dr. Apsley's research has concluded that the long-living culture's uh, regenerative lifestyle can be replicated by all. But due to the generational environmental decay, the emergence of chronic degenerative diseases and premature aging arises before the age of 90. He believes that by properly instituting a regenerative lifestyle, anyone can return to pristine health and optimal wellness. Dr. Apsley is the founder and chairs the board of directors of the International College of Regenerative Medicine. Uh, the college currently offers enjoyable, in-depth programs in integrative regenerative medicine, featuring, uh, featuring their country's, uh, I guess our country's finest educators uh, there in Tampa, Florida. Uh, Dr. Apsley holds, holds degrees in medicine, uh, MDE, chiropractic, DC, and nutrition, BS. Uh, board certifications include acupuncture and meridian therapy, spinal disability evaluator, and insurance claims reviewer. Uh, he is also a qualified instructor of electrodermal scanning, as well as dark field microscopy. Uh, Dr. Apsley graduated magna, magna cum laude from Life Chiropractic College, located in Marietta, Georgia. Uh, he then went on to earn his medical degree in eclectic and integrative medicine from the British West Indies Medical College. Uh, he became licensed as both a naturopathic and chiropractic uh, physician in the state of North Carolina in the mid-1980s. Uh, 1994, he became a licensed acupuncturist in the state of Alabama. Prior to his retirement from active clinical practice, he practiced integrative regenerative medicine. Uh, he is the author of a number of books, which uh, I'll have him discuss, to- uh, discuss towards the end of our discussion, uh, but that should suffice for now. You can read his full bio or learn more about his work at uh, drapsley.com. Uh, of course, that link will be in the show notes below, uh, as well as uh, at vanupodcast.com forward slash 89. Uh, so without further ado, uh, Dr. Apsley, welcome to the Vanu Podcast, sir. Uh, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing well. That was... Uh... A really great introduction there. Thank you for that. Oh, hey, not a problem. Not a problem. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm very yeah, like I like I said uh, in, in, in that introduction. Um, yeah, very very impressed with your work. I, I really appreciate you taking some time uh, to chat with me uh, here on uh, here on the podcast. So. Um, uh, I suppose I'll go ahead and uh, and just mention for for the for I guess your benefit and also the benefit of the listeners. Um, so the objective of this discussion, and I suppose the overall objective uh, of this entire series, uh, is, is to acquire more knowledge and solutions on how to make ourselves more invulnerable to the fascist coercion uh, of big pharma. And uh, I know you'll be able to offer some insight. Uh, and I'll mention one other thing uh, for the benefit of the listeners. Uh, when we were talking about uh, when we were getting this interview scheduled, uh, we decided these would have to these would have to be at least a couple of episodes. Uh, just uh, there's a lot a lot to talk about. Uh, so in this first one, I figure we can cover the uh, overarching problem uh, and the solution, uh, namely the uh, ongoing extinction of the human race uh, for the former and regenerative lifestyles for the latter. Uh, so um, I guess uh, is there anything uh, anything else you'd like to mention? As, uh, I guess as part of uh, um, your introduction or background before we before we get into this, or uh, or, or uh, would you like to uh, I guess just provide an introduction to uh, um, your work in regenerative medicine? Yeah, let's just go. Um, uh, at the end, I can give you some additional information and update on uh, my current activities. But um, let's just start. Yeah, great. Let's go. Great, great. Okay, um, yeah. So uh, I, I guess uh, this, this, will, this will certainly be a new foray for a lot of my audience. So um, yeah, broad introduction to your work. Uh, what is regenerative medicine? Uh, what is a regenerative lifestyle? And uh, I guess how do uh, the strategies you practice differ from uh, what are uh, what are uh, I guess uh, enemies over at Rockefeller Inc. Uh, advocate and practice. Well, we had a, an event occur <clears throat> with uh, Andrew Carnegie's estate back in uh, 1915, 1916, 1917. 
he was a uh, strong proponent of homeopathic medicine. And up until then, the physicians in this country were mostly eclectic, like I am, meaning they used traditional medicines like herbal medicines and homeopathic remedies and dietary um, strategies to heal. And what that focus was, was to get the self-healing potential of the human being turned on full steam. And then you could help along the way with certain things to get somebody over disease. So back in 1900, if you lived to the age of 45, you were virtually guaranteed to live to the age of about 80 without suffering any chronic degenerative disease. You just simply didn't wake up one morning. You died of what's called natural causes. We did have a high infant mortality rate back then. So when they average it out, they say, oh, the average American only lived to 45. But that's not true. The, uh, the problem was is that we had a very high infant mortality rate. Mm. So we were healthier back in 1900, way healthier than we are today. If you lived to the age of 45, you got over some of the, um, some of the germs that were hitting and, and so on and so forth. Now, roll forward to today. Today, we start really getting sick about the age of 45. And modern medicine, allopathic medicine, uh, which is defined as to make and to render something incompatible with life, like a, like a germ or like cancer. You want to use toxic substances, uh, surgery, radiation therapy, chemotherapy to kill uh, the cancer that's inside the human body. And yet, there's been really no serious increase in success rate since 1950 with the use of that approach to dealing with cancer. There have been plays with the statistics, but when you look at it from an epidemiological point of view, um, you really haven't uh, dented uh, the onslaught of cancer nor some of these other chronic degenerative diseases. So I'd like to talk to you about that today. Sure. Yeah. Um, so allopathic medicine now is starting to get into immunotherapy. And immunotherapy offers a great deal of promise. Uh, this is not vaccine therapy. Uh, vaccine therapy has had a lot of um, hype to it, but there's only been smallpox vaccine that has caused any sort of significant change with a, the course of an infectious disease. If you look at the real stats, say, for example, with polio, um, polio was almost completely gone by the time the first vaccines came out. Right. If you look at the declines in, um, in the other uh, germs that are being treated now with vaccines, uh, and you really dig, you really seriously look at the graphs, you notice that the herd, mentality, uh, herd uh, immunity that's been talked about was already in place, was already starting before the vaccines actually had any major effect. And this is missed by the medical community as a whole, that, that it's this herd immunity, which is the self-healing potential of the human being, which is being largely not addressed today in, it, in terms of its causal factors. And its causal factors have to do with the principles of cell physiology that both within the cell itself and then within the immune system uses certain factors from the diet, particularly metals, like, excuse me, like copper and iron, mm -hmm. to cause what's called a respiratory burst that then defeats these infectious diseases. And uh, without that, uh, what we get is a lot of inflammatory 
uh, diseases where it's really easy for some new germ coming in to really disrupt and, and harm people, especially the elderly, as we're seeing with COVID-19. But if we were to understand how metals like calcium, iron, copper, zinc uh, impact the cell physiology with the enzymes and make the enzymes work that generate the energy of life, we would begin to have a really good understanding about the differences between a medical system that uses the self-healing processes of the human body to take on uh, these major uh, insults to our system versus trying to use something from the outside to go after those diseases. Um, I can give you lots of other examples, but let me just cover something that has to do with cancer. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I like to look at cancer because if you can work with the self-healing uh, potential of the human body to overcome cancer, you're getting close to what is being experienced in terms of, how, of your understanding and your actual outcome of the long-living individuals. Uh, an example, the long-living in the blue zones do not start their aging process until they're about 80 to 85 years of age, and yet Americans start at about the age of 30. They also do not experience cancer in any significant numbers whatsoever. They also do not experience arthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, uh, heart disease, uh, COPD, um, any of the other chronic illnesses that we're suffering here in the United States. And, they, and in some cases, they don't even start their aging process until they're 90. So what is it about them that they don't have these diseases, and what is it about us in America uh, in 1900, where if we did live to the age, we did not get chronic illness, we just died of natural causes at about the age of 80. In fact, in 1932, uh, the, uh, the medical schools were teaching that when someone died of a heart attack and they were able to get that cadaver, um, that they wanted the medical students to really pay attention to that uh, autopsy because in their career, they would likely never again see uh, a case of heart attack. And that was in 1932. <laughs> right. Yeah. That, that's, well, that's, that's, today, that's the, the, the crazy. That's, sorry. If I could jump in for just, just real quick, that, that's the, that's the craziest thing. I, I, I remember when I was, I was, I started looking, I guess last year when I got in, when I kind of started to make uh, lifestyle changes myself and uh, started, I guess, moved towards more of a, I guess, a nose to tail carnivorous diet. Um, I had, uh, you know, heard people talk about, you know, like the Inuit and how, uh, you know, like they didn't have any, in, any incident of, you know, heart disease or atherosclerosis or anything like that. So like, that was absolutely crazy to me. And the fact that here in America, um, before like, uh, you know, like 1920, like heart disease and, you know, like these, these chronic diseases that we're facing today, they were pretty much unheard of. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's crazy. It's crazy. Cause that, that's not talked about. It just kind of, it just kind of seems like this is the way things are. And, um, you know, you get sick and you go to the, you go to the doctor and, they, you're on medication on pharmaceuticals your entire life, and they kind of you know snub, stru, you know stumble you through to your to your till you're 80, and uh, you know you're lucky to get there, and you know maybe maybe die without a whole lot of pain and misery. So um, it's uh, yeah, really 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 bad system, but it doesn't have to be this way, right? Um, that, I guess that was the the, the most promised the most prom most promised thing I, I saw looking into um, yeah you know, like the NUA and Western prices work is that like this stuff was like this stuff was, a lot of the stuff I, I was. I'm, I'm, I deal with um, was avoidable uh, and preventable, but I guess that's a good thing, right? Is we can learn from that and, and move forward. 
That's right. So if you look at the, what was going on here in the United States in 1900 and what is currently going on even now with the blue zones, you go to the soil and you go to the water. And that contains a great deal of these metals that I was referring to earlier. And these metals at, at the atomic level are vibrating like razor blades in a really fast motion. And within our bodies, our self-healing potential uses those to go after either rogue cells or infectious elements like COVID-19. And it chews them up. In the case of COVID, it's a virus. And all viruses do not have protection systems against these metals that are vibrating at really high rates of speed. A really good example is silver. Um, the, uh, the research being done now worldwide at the university levels, and it's widely published, shows that silver down at the one nanometer, even the sub nanometer level, can just chew up viruses without any problem whatsoever and not cause any damage whatsoever to the human being at dosages that are, again, very effective against uh, viruses, but not harmful at all to even babies. And yet we're not talking about that. Right. We're talking about setting up these vaccines that um, have a very poor rate of success historically, with, a, with the exception of the smallpox vaccine. So uh, the self-healing potential is based upon the soil and the water and the metals and the lack of environmental toxins. Uh, one example that's not well known, uh, Aaron Blair, who is uh, one of the chairs of the Department of Epidemiology under National Cancer Institute, in, 19, in 2004, he published that up to about 90% of cancer in this country is due to environmental toxicities that industry puts into the environment. And that includes, of course, smoking. So if you also look at what is the reverse of that, how, how do we get out of this? Um, it's the same technique. You look at detoxification procedures. You look at a really super nutritious food supply like the long living. You look at uh, exercise to get oxygen into the system. You look at very special foods that are very high in proteins and uh, that we eat in a raw state. And then you have your positive attitude. And with those mixed up, that's what you're looking at with the long living cultures. And then one last thing I want to mention mm -hmm. uh, today, because we're so degenerate here in civilization, whether it's in Europe or the United States, if you add in bioidentical hormones and then these other factors that I just went over, wow, you can turn things around on a dime, even the worst kinds of conditions. Um, I think you were interested, uh, Shane, uh, in talking about things like diabetes and uh, you just mentioned heart disease and other mm -hmm. factors. Um, this is the ability of our body with enzymes activated by minerals and other nutrients, coenzyme factors like vitamins, to heal itself from these conditions and to undo uh, premature aging. And so uh, I'll give you one example. Uh, Icaria is an island off of Greece. And uh, National Geographic has documented this, not just once, but several times, where somebody um, of the long living that are uh, indigenous to Akaria, Greece, they'll come over here to the United States with their children. And then after 50 years, their kids will wind up with a terminal illness. Their kids then at the age of 55 will return to Akaria to die. 
and they live for 50 more years in perfect health. <laughs> so that's oh, wow. what we're talking so, about. So the body, their body reverse 55 years of damage then. That's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. And that, that will save us because uh, one, one example I like, there's two examples that are really great examples. Um, in the late 1950s, um, and excuse me, but this is medical talk, uh, the sure. average viable spermatozoa uh, during lovemaking from an average American male was about 400 million living and healthy spermatozoa. We're less than half of that today in the United States on average. Um, if you go back to December 7th of 1941, when the Japanese uh, bombed Pearl Harbor, we had a massive number of American males volunteer for the military. 70%, 70% were accepted into the military with standard physical examinations that are still done today. Today, hmm. only 25% of American males are accepted into the military with those same those same physical standards were that sick, uh, even at that at the age of eighteen to nineteen years of age. This is because of the lack of paying attention to the soil and to the water, where all this uh, minerals have been lost. We now have um, a, a good example is uh, in 1948, we had 152 milligrams of iron in an average bowl of spinach collected from anywhere in the country. Today, it's less than two milligrams of iron in that same bowl of spinach. Same thing goes with all the metals, calcium, magnesium, zinc, copper, you name it. The soil has become so exhausted. One of the reasons is, is because after uh, World War II was over, the Germans had a huge amount of gunpowder left over. This just happened in Lebanon, if you, if you think about it. Gunpowder is very explosive, but it has a lot of uh, nitrate in it. And so we went over there, we got all this free gunpowder, and we decided, well, what are we going to do with it? We decided, oh, let's use it for fertilizer. It's only mm -hmm. got four elements in it. We have 80 in the soil. So every time that you harvest a crop, you're removing 80 of these vital minerals, and you're only putting back in four, and that's why we're so darn sick. The long-living right. don't do that. The long-living <laughs> put all 80 of the minerals back into their soil and they get it from the water supply and they stay super healthy because these uh, minerals start vibrating really heavily like razor blades against things that aren't supposed to be there and they don't hurt the human being because we know how to handle them. And that's how life um, is set up here on the planet. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, right there with you. So, so I guess just a, a couple of things uh, you, you mentioned, uh, I guess, uh, you know, certain certain foods. Um, what about uh, um, there's a, a principle I came across. I think it's a Native American principle of uh, like cures like, um, like, for example, if you eat, uh, you know, beef heart, you know, we'll, we'll uh, I guess, heal the heart, pancreas, heal the pancreas, liver will heal the liver um, is kind of the, the, the way the principle goes. So um, I guess, are you familiar with that? And uh, is, there, is there anything is there anything to that? Well, there's, there's actually two things to what you're saying. Uh, like cures like is a homeopathic principle. And uh, that's another subject area that where you can, um, for example, you can take healthy beef heart and you can dilute it into, let's say, water in, in extreme amounts. And then the information from that healthy heart has been ingrained into the water structure, uh, into what's called icy crystals. Uh, this was demonstrated um, uh, back several years ago by Buena Vista, 
in France, uh, which he he really got his neck his head cut off because of this. But he had just married a, a woman that was a homeopathic physician, and he as one of the top scientists in France. And he decided that he was going to see if there was anything scientific to homeopathic remedies. And he proved that icy crystals, which is water that holds information, um, is what is the general reason why homeopathics uh, work. So like cures like in that regard that if you have a sick heart and the information goes into your body of a healthy heart, the body's self-healing mechanisms know a reference point to go back and start repairing the tissue. Um, uh, but okay. you're referring to what the long living do. The, the actual eating of, uh, of healthy, raw heart, uh, like, for example, sweetbreads. Um, there are, uh, there's beef tartare. There's sushi. Mm -hmm. There is other raw foods that the long-living eat that are really dense with embryonic foods. Colostrum, mother's breast milk. These are examples. Seaweed, algae, uh, part of the dietary. This is what is the focus around the long-living people with the minerals being present in the soil. Uh, one quick example, I was very hypoglycemic and I, was, I traveled over to Finhorn many years ago in the late 1970s to learn about how they were doing amazing things with their soil. And I was out in one of the fields harvesting their uh, tomatoes and um, I don't like tomatoes. And so <laughs> uh, I was really hungry and lunch wasn't for about an hour or two. So I decided I'd go ahead and eat a tomato. And when I put that tomato in my mouth and I bit into it, it was almost like a religious experience. There was like this unbelievable turn on of taste. And I knew that, that this is how a tomato should taste. It was so sweet. It was so delectable. It was like no food I'd ever had before. And I was like in a state of shock. <laughs> and I was carrying my basket up to the truck where the uh, collection was being made for the uh, dinner that night for the entire campus at Finhorn. And I had this expression on my face as I was carrying the tomato up to the truck and I dropped it off onto the right side of the back of the truck and I turned around I was coming back out again and on the other side of the truck were a whole bunch of tomatoes. So I grabbed one and as I was jumping off the back of the truck, I bit into it and I couldn't taste it. <laughs> and I was like, I was like grinning like, what? And the truck driver who was helping with us collect the tomatoes from the garden saw me in both cases. He saw me going in and he saw me coming out and he goes, yeah, you can't taste that tomato, can you? And I looked at him and I go, how did you know? He goes, that tomato that you just bit into a few seconds ago was just harvested less than an hour ago from all of the organic farms that surround our property because we don't have enough to, uh, food that we can grow here that can feed all the tourists and the students that come. So I have to go out and get those organic foods where I can. And yet when you compare it like <laughs> you just did to what's grown here on the soil, you can't even taste the organic foods compared to our food. And, and I realize now that's what the long living eat, whether it's a vegetable or whether it's their meats or whether it's their yogurts or whether it's some other of their foods. They have this incredible force of energy that can go right into their system to cause their self-healing systems to turn back on and stay on so they don't start aging until they're 85 years of age. That's the difference. 
Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's 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 very, yeah, very, very, very interesting. So I, I guess uh, just to, to kind of uh, go go forward with this hypothetical, then, um, so if there was a healthy lamb pancreas, for example, that is on this property, um, and will be will be had in, in November, um, like uh, so, a healthy, you know, raw lamb pancreas could you, you're saying, I guess, uh, I guess hypothetically, um, transmit that information for a, for a healthy pancreas. Is that kind of what you're what you're, I guess, implying here, or what you're saying here? Well, um, l- let's address this because let's say that somebody has uh, diabetes type 1. So they're born with uh, a pancreas that's not working properly. And in 1932, um, there was uh, Paul Niehans, uh, who was a German physician. Um, he was part of the uh, crew's uh, surgical teams that were removing thyroid glands because of cancer or for whatever uh, other uh, issue. And they didn't realize that there were other, uh, there was another organ kind of tucked into uh, into thyroid called the parathyroids. And so when they removed that thyroid within a, a few hours, the person would die from tetany because the parathyroids uh, deal with balancing calcium in the body. And that is what causes the muscles to be relaxed. But when you harvest out the, the parathyroids during a thyroidectomy, the calcium just goes down to zero and you start having convulsions and you die. Hmm. So he was noticing it was happening every single time. And so he decided to take a healthy thyroid, this is to your point, from uh, pigs or cows that were young. And they were very healthy. And he macerated it up into tiny, tiny particles that could be injected into the rear end of these patients. And the first time he injected it in there, he was able to save this young woman from dying of tetany. And that was the birth of the original stem cell therapy. Because within glands are healthy stem cells. And we're now finally catching up with this, uh, what, almost uh, 90 years later. With all of our stem cell therapy, right? Because that's so is that, that's that, that's been I've I've been looking. Um, I, I wasn't quite sure. I began my research last year. Um, I knew that's like I, I knew because I'm an insulin dependent diabetic, and I don't, I don't like that. I don't like being dependent on pharmaceuticals. Obviously, so either I have to manufacture my own insulin or I have to you know figure out how to cure my type one diabetes radical. But it's it's, it's uh, you know what it's, it's it's what I what I'm what I'm trying to do. So like the the place I thought was a good a good place to start was um, you know PubMed and yeah I mean that's that's where yeah that's where you know mainstream medicine is at too um, is uh, you know I guess it's called organ or uh, organogenesis um, and then yeah I guess generation of uh, you know pancreatic beta cells in vitro. So yeah like embryonic stem cell therapy is kind of kind of seems to be the most promising routes um, wherever you look. Yes, uh, but the problem is is that if you're living a lifestyle where you're feeding your body uh, de- uh, really uh, deficient foods and you're living around, let's say you're in Gary, Indiana, I, think, I, hope, I hope nobody in the audience is, with all that pollution that's there, um, even if you do the right things that are like a monotherapy, like a single therapy, like stem cell injections or whatever, Right. How are they really going to take off? I, one of the top uh, stem cell therapists, uh, he and I were having lunch uh, about four years ago, three and a half years ago. And he, he, he was complaining to me <clears throat> that um, only about 55% of his stem cell uh, therapies were working. That 45% after the same exact techniques weren't taking root. They weren't working in, in the patients. And I asked him, I said, well, 
aren't you injecting those stem cells into people that are 60, 70, even 75 years of age? And he goes, yeah, quite often they're, they're older. They, they have a lot of degeneration. And so I'm injecting it into their bodies, the, these young, fresh uh, stem cells. And I said, well, how are they going to work in many of those cases when the body is super acidic and there's no oxygen in those, in those areas of the body? And he looked right at me and I said, if you think of a baby, a baby's taking in all of this uh, great nourishment from the mother's breast milk and it doubles its organ mass and its bone mass in six months just by drinking mother's breast milk if she's eating a good diet from fertile soil. It's only 1.2% protein. Her mother's breast milk is only 1.2% protein. And yet the baby, and the only time a human being does this, during the first six months, it will double its protein mass on just 1.2% protein. It's a very special superfood. So you have all these minerals in there. You've got a lot of uh, growth factors that are a lot of fat, uh, made right? by the mother. That's yeah, and so that has to be replicated during the stem cell therapy um, uh, therapeutics. You have to have a body that's not acidic. You have to have a body that's not hypoxic, which favors disease growth. You have to reverse that, and then the stem cells will really take off. The last thing I want to say to you because of, of what you just mentioned, there are different degrees and maturities of these stem cells. If you have the most basic stem cell, it may not know how to grow uh, into pancreas tissue to start producing right. insulin if it's too young, if it's too immature. In the case of Paul Nehans, he was taking late uh, uh, fetal uh, tissue development from cows and, uh, and sheep and, and, uh, and pigs that were healthy, that were not born yet. They were just about ready to be born. And he was using that in, in the more mature state, very young tissue, but very, very mature compared to the stem cells. And they know what to do. So if you use that kind of pancreatic tissue um, that's that young, and then you inject that into someone who's eating an alkaline diet and is getting lots of oxygen into their system, it becomes very possible for someone with diabetes type 1 to suddenly be able to start making their own uh, sources of insulin. Um, this is not something that is recognized here in the United States. But in Germany, they've been doing it for almost 90 years with a great deal of success. And so for those mm. uh, special therapists there that have been doing it, you can talk to them and they can tell you uh, what their success rates are. But it's not, it's not done here in this country. <clears throat> no, no, it's certainly not. And I've, I've recounted uh, on, on this podcast a number of times before uh, my, my experiences with uh, – uh, with uh, with uh, I guess uh, pharma over over the years, there's been a lot of involvement, a lot of involvement, um, a lot of childhood sickness and uh, yeah, the diabetes, epilepsy for a year, and uh, but but uh, um, yeah, spe especially with diabetes, um, a lot of uh, I, an example I always go to from from last year, um, the the nurse that was looking at me. She uh, walked into the she walked into the waiting room and was like, uh, yeah, I had to uh, you know re refresh myself on the difference between type one and type two diabetes. And I was like, oh really? So this is where we're at. Um, so like the, the the understanding in general, like uh, you 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 look at the, the the biggest killers here in America, and it's you know cancer and you know diabetes. Like those are you know two of the bigger ones. And diabetes and diabetes specifically 
I mean, there is so little understanding on the subject, and most and a lot of what's out there um, is uh, you know it's more pertinent to type two. Um, there's just li- there's no understanding um, of type one diabetes, and I've 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 scoured through um, you know these these medical journals um, to, to to try to uh, you know try to figure out uh, you know the, the etiology and, and, and these sorts of things, and there's just very, very little understanding. Well, um, you have to look at biology from a multifactorial point of view. In other words, our life, our cells do not function with single elements. They function with all of these elements in a special order and a special organization. Unfortunately, modern medicine has developed itself based upon reductionism. These are studies where you break something down, let's say a a pancreatic cell that you are studying to see why it's not producing insulin. You're breaking it down into just finding out one detail. That's called reductionism. Biology doesn't work like that. In the case of uh, gene therapy, which is what we just were talking about, which offers hope for for someone like you, um, the original investigator said, "Uh uh-oh, For a hundred years, we've been training our physicians and our medical scientists to do reductionism, to study the one thing and then to add, try to add those up to get the whole. And they said, but uh, genomics do not respond that way. We're going to have to retrain our investigators to think multifactorially when they're investigating the actual workings of the, uh, of the genome, but they didn't do that. They don't know how to do that. So we're still using reductionism to break things down into one element, expecting that by adding all of those single things that we found in, that were published in PubMed, that it's going to add up to the whole. Right. But it doesn't. Yeah. It's a good so point. if you look at that, let me, let me talk to you about that change just for a second. When MRI was just becoming invented, There was a fellow by the name of Raymond Damadian, MD, PhD from Harvard, who had a partner named Freeman Cope, and they hired a gentleman by the name of Gilbert N. Ling, who understood that the cell physiology was this multifactorial uh, environment. And with MRI, they could, for the first time, look at the living cell without destroying it or freezing it in place. Like it was a mo- like life is a movie, and what we had been do- able to do up to that point was only to take one picture frame. Mm. But after MRI came around, and with special technology that they used, they could see the entire movie, and they realized, oh my God, cell physiology is nothing like we thought it was. And they began to understand what cancer really was, and they began to understand what would undo cancer because they could see it for the first time. And it boiled down to three basic fundamental uh, aspects to cells. And when they were able to put those back in to, let's say, congestive heart failure or to a really decayed pancreas or to uh, cancer, they were able to reverse it, not only to get rid of the disease, but to unage the tissue up to 10 years. And they published that. So that's the field of my research. That's where I've been uh, putting down my stakes, so to speak, 
looking at the multifactorial nature that relates to the cells and that as the cells then reproduce in a healthy state very rapidly can completely heal the human body and in a very rapid way and if you get these other techniques in there like stem cell therapy you just really have some great responses uh, to get people recovered but that those are the the factors that are involved yeah, and I guess so. I I feel like I need to ask just one question here because there might be a, especially out there for our, I guess our general fascist tube audience. Um, so like if there if there are these cure these you know these I guess uh, um, if there if there are ways to you know reverse these condi- conditions and for the body to heal itself, um, you know how is this not talked about? Um, well, I, I remember there there was one one statistic. I I knew it was I I knew this was a huge factor, but I didn't realize I guess I didn't realize the the actual the actual scope the actual number but it was on that uh, foreign borealis podcast is the, the cancer industry is like the second largest economy in the world some astronomical figure like that is that is that the case yes i think that the way that it's broken down um if you're not including um, uh human trafficking human trafficking is huge across mm-hmm. the globe in terms of an economic force unfortunately yeah but if yeah. you take that off the table um you have your power industry This is where we produce our power to to run modern civilization. And I'm talking about all of it, gasoline, fossil fuels, nuclear power, the whole thing. The second industry is the cancer control industry. Uh, If you take hospitals and the development of drugs and the physicians and the nurses all involved with treating and managing cancer patients, it amounts to be about the second largest industry in the world. So unfortunately, because it's designed, uh, let me, let me uh, clear up some, uh, some confusion about people with mm-hmm. uh, natural approaches against cancer versus conventional, traditional uh, medical approaches against cancer, and then the self-healing, which is immunotherapy. Okay, let me clear up the mess here. Please. No matter what you're doing to treat cancer, whether it's immunotherapy whether it's chemotherapy or whether it's using herbs like curcumin, like turmeric, they all, every single one of them, produces hydrogen peroxide to kill the cancer. All of them. Or a slight variation of hydrogen peroxide. So if the herbs produce hydrogen peroxide and if the immune cells that go after the cancer produce hydrogen peroxide, then that's something that we should really study and try to do it in a way in which makes more sense for the human body as opposed to taking chemotherapy at a, at a really uh, significant uh, uh, amount of dosage that poisons the hydrogen peroxide across the healthy cells. One of the things that has always amazed me about using watercress or curcumin to treat cancer is is that it targets the cancer cell with with the hydrogen peroxide poison, but it doesn't target the healthy cells. It builds up the protection of the healthy cells from hydrogen peroxide at the same time. It's got this intelligent design to it. Well, the same thing with the human immune system. So I'm going to give the audience a little jump start here. It turns out that when we have dis-ease, that the immune system, if it's functioning properly and fed properly, 
will not only go in there and destroy that disease, break it down, but then it will rebuild and regenerate the tissue. So you have two things going on at the same time. Unfortunately, allopathic medicine can't do that unless they're using immunotherapy. So this is where we need to go. We need to study the science of how the human being regenerates itself, heals itself with these tools like hydrogen peroxide and with the entire environment of the food supply and with proper oxygenation as opposed to pollution in Cary, Indiana, that is messing everything up. If you go back to one last thing I want to mention, we have a vested interest in economic systems not to cure disease. Why? Because industry, which is polluting, is causing almost 90% of cancer. So when you have these epidemiologists that work for the government that discover that, and they go to publish it, their boss comes in, this is a true story, their boss comes in and says, oh, you can't publish that right now. You have to wait until you retire. And they go, well, why not? And they say, well, because who do you think funds us? Who do you think funds the government? The government is funded by taxes and by grants at the university level by these same industries that are polluting that cause our diseases. So you can't go after them right now. So these people then publish their books in full detail after they retire and they don't get the, the, uh, the uh, recognition that they would have had they come out while they were the head of a major department at National Cancer Institute and said, hey, listen, you know, we have to clean up the environment. We have to stop all this pollution. Uh, and by the way, I'm not talking about uh, this, uh, this crazy, uh, uh, absurd uh, uh, green program that uh, the progressives are talking about. That's not where you get the, the responses of a human health returning. If you don't fix the soil with the minerals, if you don't clean up the, uh, the structure of the water, by, uh, for example, if you have exposures to EMF uh, radio signals and all that, if you don't do those things, you can spend as much money as you want on the Green New Deal, and you're going to wind up even worse than when you went before you started. You have to look at causations that are not being looked at with these economic systems that are looking at, let's just spend a lot of money to try to fix a problem that no one originally diagnosed the actual cause which is what I originally said. If you go to the long-living people and you study their environment and you see how they live for 90 years without aging, those are the principles of self-healing that we are not incorporating. We are rather using economic systems that are designed to give us gains with money as opposed to our health and our soundness of mind. And that's mm-hmm. one reason why we're so damn sick. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true, and uh, and and I guess uh, what I'll, I'll mention here is you know from from listening to listening to, to interviews of yours, and also you know looking over uh, um, looking over over your website as well. Um, you know, like the, the some of these uh, these these solutions, um, comparing it to, um, like I said, rad- I, crazy. But I wanted to look to see what what would actually go into it. So I looked to see how I how I would go about manufacturing my own insulin, and it's very very expensive to do. There's a project called the Open Insulin Project out in California, and um, they're they're uh, you know kind of trying to do like an open source sort of uh, you know venture and uh, crowdfund a facility, and uh, it's, it'd be like fourteen dollars a month for for diabetics, which was huge. Like that'd be, a, that'd be that's cheap for insulin. That is extremely cheap. But it's it's like a million. 
dollars to start, um, like for for their facility. And I and I was looking into like if I was going to ma- manufacture it myself to start, I'd have to. It's it's a ridiculous process. But anyway, the point is, um, as far as the the solutions that that I've, that I've seen offered from uh, from from you and and here like from from what I've heard in interviews. Um, like these things, I mean, we're talking about baking soda. There was um, um, another thing was ozone therapy, which there's a place in, in St. Louis, pretty you know, pretty close here where I can go get get that done. I think it's like 160 dollars, you know, a, a session or something. I don't know if that's a good deal. I don't know if it's exactly what you're talking about, um, but I, I looked into I, I looked into it. Um, so like these are you know plausible, like realistic, like you know plausible solutions. Um, so yeah, that's the, the comment I'll add there. Well, let's let's talk about um, let, let's focus a little bit. So, if you have someone, let's talk about congestive heart failure, mm-hmm. and then we'll roll it back into someone who's born with the pancreas is not working properly, because that's where um, this is the spectrum of what you want to talk about. So, someone spends fifty years working really hard every day to induce their heart into failure. They spend a lot of time each day whether they're eating, whether they're smoking, whether they're sedentary, whether they're living in a bad environment, whether they're uh, suffering a toxic relationship, whatever. And they're working hard every day to cause their heart to fail. And so at the end of that time period, somebody comes in and says, listen, you're going to die. Unless you completely change everything and regenerate your heart. And they look at the person, they go, well, what does this entail? And we have narrowed it down to five-point model system of detoxification, oxygenation. You were just talking about ozone therapy, uh, the, the ideal diet with these embryonic raw food factors that are regenerative, like from algae and from uh, organ meats that are uh, from healthy raised um, uh, uh, animals, mm-hmm. um, colostrum. The, the good yogurts uh, from, made from raw milk, not pasteurized milk, so on and so forth. And then uh, 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 bioidentical hormones because we've lost those. We're not making them, but we, they're essential. We have to have them. And then a positive attitude. So those are the five. And when you do those five and then you really feed that person properly and, you're, and you focus, you do these five common things that I just mentioned very specifically, and you're headed toward – optimizing each of those five areas. You're not just doing all five together. You're certainly not doing one by itself. That doesn't work. Right. You're doing the entire lifestyle of a long-living person at a high end. And then the heart disease goes away. And then the anti-aging effects come in with, to that heart. And the heart becomes 10 years younger. So if the heart was failing at the age of 70 person's about ready to die this is published this is published they're now have a very very healthy 60 year old heart because the tissue has been completely refurbished with the natural healing ability of the body by using those five factors at high end that's how we do it for most americans for most people in civilization that's how we're going to have to do it now coming back to someone who's born with an organ that is deficient. That can be more complicated because there are actually missing elements, uh, either at the gene level. uh, By the way, most diseases are not based upon defective genes. They're based upon 
defective expressions of genes because they're not being fed properly or they're poisoned. And if, could, I, could, I, could, I, could I could I could I clarify? So so you, like you said that the so, so with the origin then I guess uh, of, of diabetes it w- it would be basically um, like the origin of diseases is that like you like you have a deficient organ from birth is that is is, is that the case? So this would be something that I was born with, or, or, or I guess yeah. Let's talk about let's talk about type one versus type two. Um, diabetes was not at all a disease here in the United States until about uh, 1900. It just started about 1906, 1908. And then by 1920, it became uh, sensational enough that a lot of uh, therapies were developed centered around the liver, detoxification, uh, feeding properly, getting the liver to work right. And that balanced the sugar out pretty good and people lived pretty well. In 1924, Banting discovered insulin. And then when insulin was uh, given to treat diabetes, that's when the disease really took off like a gunship. The, the blood sugar was being treated very effectively with the sugar, with the insulin, but it mm-hmm. wasn't fixing the cause. Right. And now we have a huge number of people in this country, and it's growing like astronomically, yep. uh, with type 2 diabetes because nobody's living a regenerative lifestyle. Now, in the case of some people, like yourself, where we have, as a, as a culture, we have degenerated and degenerated and degenerated, that's accumulated. And so the, the young then that are born have these diseases that are based upon actual genes that are defective, like type 1 diabetes. That's a different story. So how do you get a defective gene uh, system within an organ like the pancreas that doesn't have the genes to properly turn back on again, to properly express if you feed it the right raw material, so to speak? Mm -hmm. How do you get those genes in there? And the best way to do it is what I was referring to earlier. It's by through what's called uh, live cell therapy or organotherapy with the addition of stem cells and the five-point model system. And those studies are known. They've been known for decades that that's possible, uh, but you have to go outside this country to get that science. I've written a book on it. It's on Amazon. So it'll be actually a two-part series, but the first book is written where all the medical documentation's in there awesome. that this is possible to do. But it's, it's you have to understand it from a, from a different point of view. So, so in review... If you have this five-point model system where everything is working like the lifestyles of a long-living person, and then if you're born with a genetic error, and then you go to get these life cell injections with stem cell therapy, under those circumstances, it becomes very possible for your body to start working properly again. Right. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I was I was just going to comment because that's 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 definitely that's exactly what I figured out on on this path as well. Um, is that uh, but the, the when I when I started I guess down the lifestyle changes it was it was primarily diet to diet to begin. So I, I and I got got off the high carbohydrates uh, high, high carbohydrate uh, you know diet uh, processed food diet that uh, you know the American Diabetes Association recommends, um, and uh, you know uh, uh, went uh, went low carb, um, but. 
<clears throat> I, I and I noticed some improvements, but it wasn't definitely wasn't wasn't the 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 end all the, the end all be all. Um, so like I, I it's 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 not just cutting out carbs. It's um, you know eating uh, eating eating you know really really good high quality grass fed meat. It's um, detoxifying everything in your environment. Um, like uh, you know not uh, uh, you know like uh, putting a chlorine filter on the on the shower because there's uh, uh, you know put it, yeah putting a shower filter on to, to fill out filter out the chlorine and um, you know not drinking fluoridated water going to going going to get it from a really good spring. Um, you know a couple miles away from my house. Um, like it, it's not just one thing that's 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 going to um, optimize health. Um, so I, I'm right there with you. That's that's kind of been what I've what I've been figuring. Out, I guess that's been what, what I've been figuring out. Um, but uh, obviously, still still trying to, uh, to, to still, still trying to figure things out. Um, but yeah, I guess any comments there? Yeah. Uh, so uh, l- let's look at diets. Let's look at diets just to be healthy, or let's look at them to maintain normal weight and to help things like diabetes. Let's just look at that. Mm-hmm. It's nothing but dodgeball. Oh, it's this new diet that came out of Miami, or it's this new diet that came out of uh, uh, the Zone diet. It came out of Paleolithic. And, you know, all this mm-hmm. stuff is nothing but dodgeball. Science, when Aristotle came along and made real science, was the art and the discipline of observing reality as it really is compared to a known standard. So if you start with the wrong standard, which is basically what you were just talking about, you have all these different bits of information that have different standards that apply to them. Oh, this is a really good diet that the American Diabetic Association talks about because it's low carb. That's dodgeball. No. What are the long living doing? They're the reference point. Right. We get all of our information from them. That's what we need to do. We need to stop with the science that is using the wrong standard to investigate what a problem's all about because it will never get there. We have long-living people that don't have diabetes. Right. Right. <laughs> type, type 2. We have long-living people that don't have heart disease. We have long-living people that don't get cancer. Why aren't we studying what they do? And, and here's what happened. When these studies start for, first started looking at how the long-living people were doing it, there was corruption with, with propaganda. They didn't want us to know <laughs> what the real realities were of, of uh, how these long-living people lived. They wouldn't, they wouldn't uh, let the American public assimilate it. Mm-hmm. A good example was uh, was Bennett, who was uh, at Columbia, who was looking at the long-living people in the Caucasus Mountains in, in what was then Soviet uh, USSR. And they had been studying the longest-living people on the planet for over 50 years with really excellent science. And when she came out and started publishing in on it, it became a propaganda football. Because America did not want any of the world to know that in Soviet Georgia, there were long-living people who didn't have any disease that were living to 150, uh, there, was, there was a calendar issue with the Muslim calendar, but they'll say 120 years of age uh, regularly. They didn't start their aging process until they were 90. And there was hard science on this starting back in 1932. So when it came out in 1980 with these major publications on it, the U.S. government did not want it. Great Britain did not want it. Hmm. They went after it like with a vengeance, with propaganda saying, oh, this is all BS. It wasn't BS. These people really do exist. 
up until uh, the Civil Wars came and hit them hard in the 90s. Um, but we had the science. Same thing with the Hunzes. The Hunzes were the only undefeated culture in the world that the British special forces could not touch. They were so agile. They were so uh, in, in great shape. The, the, the special forces of, of, of the United Kingdom could not touch hmm. the Hunza. The Huns are actually Greeks. They're not uh, indigenous to that part of the world. They're, they're from Alexander the Great's army. And um, the, the British couldn't touch them. They were just too superior, too agile, too incredible. Uh, the average American Indian, uh, th during uh, th their heyday, let's say 1800s, 1830, 1850, as long as they had their original uh, pristine environment and food supply, in hand-to-hand -hand combat, not with knives, not with guns, not with technology, an average Native American Indian could easily take on three, three of the most fit white settlers without any problem. Now, this is not just true about uh, Native Americans. This is true about all of the long-living cultures that have existed. So what am I saying? If we study these different cultures that are not genetically related, they're scattered across the planet. They're not related. They all developed over a long time period within a very pristine environment that was protected and they all practice certain things that should be considered the scientific standards for how we maintain no disease and live long. But we're using all these other standards and they can't compare. And so, oh my gosh, it's this defective gene system that's not working properly. We have to go in and read genetically engineer this out of human beings. This is madness. Until we can get to where we can equal that of the long-living people, we should not even begin to think that we should be doing special techniques in gene therapy. That just should be off the table because we have no idea what the consequences will be. Let's get our systems back to where we're expressing just like all the long-living people across the world have, have gotten by fixing our environment and by living according to those principles that are very spiritual in nature, honoring the earth, making sure you, you are proper stewards of the earth rather than polluting the earth, not practicing things for 50 years to make yourself sick. Undo all that just like by using the long living as examples. And then at that point, we may be able to improve it some. I, mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe we can't. Maybe we can. But don't mess around with all these people that are sick to begin with and try to say, oh my gosh, is this gene that's causing the problem when it's not? It's what the gene is expressing wrong because of the environment, the five, the five factors in this uh, detoxification, oxygenation, proper nourishment, the, all the hormones being present, and then the positive mental attitude. Uh, we're, we're now running into, and this is something, Shane, where we're in real trouble. If the vaccines that are coming down are going to be uh, putting chips into us to identify our medical records and to say whether or not we've been vaccinated to the uh, standards of what the state says, and then um, 
we have uh, other things put in those vaccines, like sterilization techniques that is consistent with what the World Health Organization desires in their program to reduce the overall population of the earth. And then out of the research that came out of Harvard where that Harvard scientist was just arrested, where he was looking at these nanotechnologies that could go into a vaccine that could be influenced potentially by 5G to induce certain physiological uh, uh, manifestations to occur from 5G going into the human body by way of a cell phone or just by being close to a, a tower that has to be 850 feet apart from the next one. We now have a system of affecting the human body that is so unprecedented that we shouldn't even be thinking about it. And yet we're racing to be able to start these things because we think we have a better solution with the human mind than these long living people had by being proper stewards of the earth and then allowing their systems to come up to full health potential working with nature as opposed to the mind of man thinking that, oh, we have a better way of, of doing it right now. We don't. We're stupid. We're, we're idiots compared to the long living and all the, the expressions, the multifactorial systems that happen to our genes based upon the environment, the natural environment. But we want to make everything artificial now and just start beaming in all <laughs> these different uh, technologies and GMO foods. Oh, my God. I mean, th th this is crazy what we're getting into. So we're going to witness one of the worst uh, uh, cases of civilization collapsing that we can imagine. Uh, back in the 1930s, it was well known that if you study civilizations throughout history, they always collapse. One of the main reasons is because they self-pollute like crazy. In the industrial age, we had huge amounts of disease because our water stunk, we had no refrigeration, our food supply wasn't good, and we had pollution like crazy with people living all together in these tiny uh, in tiny areas within the cities to make uh, manufacturing goods. We were very sick. So then they started correcting the hygiene. They started bringing in fresh air, good water, refrigerated foods, and our health went way up. That's what caused herd immunity to surge, not vaccines. That's what we need to get back to. That is um, a kindergarten. That's kind that, that improvement of natural hygiene and good water and good air and a little bit more space. That's kindergarten <laughs> compared to the how the long living live. Yeah. So let's emulate them and let ourselves express into full health before we start messing around with the genes because we think there's something wrong with them. Yeah, no joke, no joke. Uh, came, I came came across a, a quote, uh, and it, it seems pertinent here: that the cause of disease is ignorance, and I guess it's uh, attributed to ancient Tibetan medicine, uh, allegedly. Um, but uh, I, I thought, thought thought that was relevant. But I'm glad I'm glad you brought up uh, I'm glad you brought up uh, you know 5G and EMF because um, that is uh, I guess uh, one of the uh, one of the components of uh, I guess one of the the pillars of regeneration incorporates. 
um, incorporates this aspect. And then also, as you said, this is this is a, a concern um, that uh, that a lot of people have going forward. And uh, I've I've looked into it uh, quite a bit actually. Haven't really talked about it much, but um, Derek Rose has done a lot of great work on the subject. And there is like there's there's definitely um, there's definitely a, a lot of uh, research out there showing um, the harm of, uh, of of radiation. And um, what we guys we've talked about you know secure Vanu home bases and you know um, they're they're unlike you prepare for as many as many scenarios as you possibly can. So, um, you know, regardless, you know, uh, right, prepared against, uh, you know, nu- nuclear, nuclear blast, uh, for example, but, um, something, so something I'm going to do whenever I, I, uh, you know, um, here in the next year or two, when I, I rebuild my house, um, is I'm going to, you know, put like uh, you know, EMF protection paint on there and, and, you know, some, some improvements like that, because it it'll, might cost a little bit more, but if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it once I'm going to do it right for the first time. So, um, I guess let's talk a little bit, a little bit about that. So, um, could, could you talk, could speak to the, um, you know, the dangers of, uh, you know, uh, I guess, Wi-Fi and, and this, uh, you know, EMF radiation and uh, uh, on, on our bodies and, you know, what role that plays? So the, the solution to all this is to emulate and to study how the long living are doing it. And then there are simple solutions that can come into our own kitchen, whether we're living in downtown Los Angeles. For example, of the long living people that are on the planet, the Seventh-day Adventists, which are living in Los Angeles, are among the long living. So it is possible within industry, industrially developed areas like Los Angeles, if you do everything right, these five components, I started off with four, by the way, but I've, I've had to since add in one more because of uh, the, uh, the imbalances of hormones that we have today in the general population. That's right. correct because that's the fifth column. Um, it is possible to do it in your kitchens no matter where you are in civilization. Um, but you're correct. Uh, for example, with EMFs coming at us, uh, you can go down to Home Depot and you can buy paint that will shield uh, the EMFs from entering into the house. You just paint the, the walls. Now, it's not a very nice color. But it's not expensive, and you can paint over it, whatever color you want. So as long as you have all six walls that are protected by this paint or by a suitable other uh, 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 mechanism, you can be protected from the fact that we have this 5G being beamed at us like crazy. Um, There are other cheap and inexpensive tools that we can have to defend ourselves from 5G. Uh, With the aspects of diet... It's very possible that if you know what you're doing, you can eat very reasonably in terms of cost. Um, If you know how to detoxify with water, you can do that on a budget. If you know how to do proper exercise to get oxygen in and not build up a lot of lactic acid, like if you do a lot of aerobic exercise, that, that may not be the best way to go. It has to be where you diminish the amount of production of lactate while you bring in huge amounts of oxygen. That's their special easy techniques for that. Uh, one good example is doing physical yoga with deep breathing exercise while you're relaxing. Another one is Tai Chi exercise where you're standing and you're breathing properly. That will expel a lot of the acid buildup in the body and bring in huge amounts of oxygen in, inside your body. So very inexpensive. Um, I've just gone over some of the best foods to go into, but uh, basically the uh, smoothies that are 50% raw, that are good tasting, 
that have the right things in them. That's an easy way to go. And uh, and then uh, bioidentical hormone therapy for people 45 and over having a blood test uh, that covers all the hormones to see which ones are out of whack. And then taking not just hormones, but bioidentical hormones to make you go back into back into balance again. One example, uh, by the time we're 70 in the United States, men and women have virtually exhausted their adrenal glands. And within the adrenal gland uh, production of hormones, there are more than one that are anti-cancer. And so if you're exhausted with that gland at the age of 70, and you're not producing these special protection uh, hormones, you got to take them until you can regenerate your organ if you, if you have the ability to do that. Um, or you're just wide open for cancer to come in. Uh, progesterone is a good example, natural progesterone, which decreases uh, one of the key inflammatory mechanisms of cancer called NF-kappa-beta. So these are things that we can blood test. And then a positive attitude and staying away from frequencies that are outside in the, in the environment that interfere with the human body. Our thoughts are frequencies. EMFs uh, from 5G are frequencies. Um, ionizing radiation is causing at least 400,000 cases of cancer a year in the United States, half of which are man-made. The other half is from natural radioactive sources in our water supply. So those are the five areas that if we just study the long living and how they stay and keep those five factors really super uh, uh, optimal, uh, we can do it. The, the Seventh-day Adventists are doing it in, in Los Angeles. There's no reason why we can't do it and do it on a budget. But we, we can't be distracted by the overwhelming amount of information that amounts to being nothing other than dodgeball. Right. Oh, don't do this. Because it can cause that. Oh, no. It, it, no, our science is is degenerate. Yeah, it's degenerate because it's not using the correct reference standard like that of the long living cultures. Yeah, yeah, well said, well said. So, so I guess something that came to mind, it's something I like to do on this podcast is when we've done, uh, you know, like subjects on off grid or I guess uh, van nomadism, and, and we've talked about solar panels. We put links to sol- solar panels people could purchase in the, in the, in the comments. I wonder if there's, um, if we could put together um, a, a guide or uh, you know, I guess a, a purchase list to give people an idea of um, uh, like the things that people could do themselves. Obviously, like I know um, from from uh, some of your interviews, you you don't uh, t- you don't talk about and you don't really recommend people do baking soda therapy on, on their own, obviously. Um, but like for people, for exercising with oxygen, for ozone therapy, um, uh, gang, we could put together a, a little guide so people could get started on these things, uh, implementing these things, things themselves. Yeah, it's good. Uh, so we, that's one thing I wanted to cover. So thank you for bringing that up. So we have a new organization. It's an educational organization. It's one of my websites. It's called icrmlearn.org. And we cover this. We cover this for the healthcare professionals, and we cover this for householders, for general public. Fantastic. Uh, it, it answers exactly what you just brought up. So, with these reference standards that we know work, and how to implement them into a regenerative lifestyle, and then teaching physicians how to use these five uh, point model systems to bring people up to 75% excellence in each of the five altogether. We can reverse this. We can reverse this. That's what the website's all about. It's icrmlearn.org. 
icrmlearn.org. Okay, I will definitely uh, definitely make sure to get that in the show notes along with uh, with with any with uh, yeah with with anything else. Um, but that is uh, that is absolutely incredible because um, I know uh, you know we everyone's everyone's been uh, uh, everyone knows somebody that's died from cancer. Everyone knows someone that has type one diabetes. Everyone knows people that have these chronic conditions. Um, I, th- I think the the last number I heard was like fifty four percent of people have chronic chronic disease now. Um, it's 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 really when you think about it that. Um, and, and this is this has been my my kind of discovery this year is that uh, and obviously over the past five years in the alternative media too is just um, uh, uh, the information's out there for a lot of these things the solutions are out there the information's been hidden it's been covered up um, and it's it's really really when you think about how barbaric and um, just criminal it is that these solutions are out there and they've been covered up and people have been suffering and people have been you know losing losing family members you know way too soon. Um, when these solutions have been out there. So um, with that said, it, it, is, it is good that the positive thing is that there are, there are things people can do. Um, the solutions are out there. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly, certainly appreciative that, that you've, been, you've been, you know, you've kept steady at it because I'm sure you've faced some, uh, some, <laughs> some, some struggles um, being, you know, kind of outside the mainstream. So I guess, do you, do you want to speak to that at all? Possibly, uh, um, you know, I guess uh, with, with your work and, and kind of how, I guess, your experiences with, I guess, the, the pharmaceutical industry, just, just briefly. Well, um, everyone has to forge their way according to their understanding. And if we're not using, if, if we've not been blessed with a culture of elders that have passed their wisdom down to us, if we are orphaned and cut off from that wisdom of the long living who know how to work as proper stewards of the earth to live long, to be disease-free, then we're going to get ourselves into all these quagmires and we're going to be in a, in a paper bag trying to punch our way out and we're going to be totally blind. Mm-hmm. We don't have the solutions with the current science that is using the wrong standards to go by. Um, an example. In the cancer industry, what is unfortunate, and it's, it has been talked about, but it's not covered up, it's just laid off to the side, is the fact that chemotherapy and radiation therapy will initially work to shrink tumors, but it activates 30-fold cancer stem cells. So it causes cancer. So... When you're looking at something that you know from science works to where it shrinks tumors, and there's an entire industry that's been wrapped around that for over 50 years, and then suddenly the universities come out and they put it out across all the major newspapers, oh, by the way, chemotherapy and radiation therapy, although they work to where they shrink tumors down, they activate by 30-fold cancer stem cells, it stuns everybody. Nobody knows what to do. So these are the kinds of enigmas, of riddles and mysteries that civilization does to itself versus cultures of the long living that don't do that to themselves. 
they maintain the continuity of wisdom that comes from the elders all the way down to the babies without interruption for over a thousand years. In the case of the, of the Abkhazians, for over 5,000 years. In the case of the Hunzas, for over 3,000 years, or coming up on 3,000 years. So you can't replace that with modern science that's using the wrong standards. Mm -hmm. um, and then you come into the factors of, well, the God Almighty dollar has replaced God Almighty. That's not good. I have nothing against Big Pharma making the next major discovery and making a whole bunch of money off of solving a human illness. I have no problems at all with that. And that does happen. What I have problems with is when they're about making more and more and more and more money while they begin to understand that in a particular sense with chemotherapy, they're actually making the problem worse in many cases. I have a problem with that. They don't know what to do. So if we had an integrative medical system that would use the natural health approaches that would integrate properly with hard science with the conventional and we would shake each other's hands and start realizing that we're we're part of the, the same family and exchange these ideas we would understand that the whole mechanism of defeating cancer is based upon hydrogen peroxide and how does the body do that so it doesn't hurt healthy human cells oh there's a whole huge science there oh we can do that we can work together to do that so there, there is this ability for us with wisdom and not basing everything upon the God Almighty dollar to get us back. Now, I want to say this to you, Shane. I don't think there's a way back. I don't think that we're going to make it. I think that there are going to be uh, lots of areas where the phoenix does arise, where people that are listening and use the proper reference points will be able to make it, will be able to pull through. But everyone is not on the same page with their paying attention. They're too into right. doing things the way they want to, and that's going to defeat them. That's where they're growing cancer for 50 years every single day, and then suddenly you say to them, oh, by the way, you have terminal cancer. And they go, what? What? And they were smoking three packs a day as an example. They knew it. So you have people, though, that say, hey, listen, I'm going to listen to you. What, what is it you're saying? Go to the long living, watch and learn what they do, read the hard science, see how they treated the soil, how that water set up the whole system, and then how they pass their wisdom down from the elders that live to the age of 100, right on down to the youngest that understand the language at the age of four or five. Oh, listen, you do this each part of the season, you make sure the water comes in, make sure it's, it's all properly taken care of, you start growing, you know, all the, uh, one example so that people really get it. So we had our anthropologists go in because there was this rumor, it wasn't a rumor, it was hard science, that the Hunzas were super healthy and living to extreme old ages without disease. And that was based upon a, an investigation by the guy by the name of Garrison. And he wrote books on it and he nailed it. He did thousands of experiments to prove what the Hunzas were doing to live long without disease. And so um, about this is back in the 1920s and 1930s, okay? So there were all these warnings about physi by physicians back then to say, hey, listen, we're going in the wrong direction. We're using the wrong standards. Go with the Hunzas. They really know what's going on. But nobody paid attention. 
So now in the 1950s, late 1950s, we started sending anthropologists. There were PhDs in their field of studying human beings up to visit Hunzaland to say, to do further science to say, is this real? Do these Hunzas really do it right? And they went in as soon as they could get there, which is in the spring. Now listen to this. This is our idiocy. So here's an anthropologist who's able to work his way up into Hunzaland in the 1950s, right as the entire culture is fasting for a month on purpose. And they walk in and they see everybody malnourished. <laughs> and they go, oh, my God, this is crazy. These people aren't healthy. Look at these poor kids. They're not being fed. Da -da 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 -da. Without realizing that what they were waiting for as they programmed their food to basically run out that last month was to undo all that stored toxins that they had acquired the prior year, waiting for the first sprouts in their garden to come up, and then to eat those toward the regenerative effect to kick in. They had been doing it for 2,000 years, and yet our anthropologists come in there and say, oh, my God, this is crazy. Uh, that's, People that's, aren't healthy. That's, br that's brilliant. So, so, they, so they did the 30-day the, the fast, however, however long it was, and then when they were fasting, they ate the embryonic, the embryonic food factors then. That's, that's, yeah, that's okay. That's, you got that's brilliant. Okay. You got it. Okay. That's what they did. And so the Abkhazians, whenever the Abkhazians got sick, they went outside and drank their water and made tea with it. And they didn't eat for two weeks. And they got well. <laughs> and they lived to 100, 120, 130, or, you know, with regular standard uh, calculations on the calendar. Remember, they're Muslims. Their calendar shorter than ours. So they have recorded uh, evidence of these people living to 140, 150. But that's on the Muslim calendar. Our calendar would be about 120. But 120 regularly? Yeah. That's that's better than so eighty, isn't it? Eighty one now or something? Eighty one's the is it seventy or eighty somewhere in that range? Yeah. Uh, what for the average life expectancy? Is it? It's eighty one. Is is that the? Is yeah, it but we're full of disease. Right. True. Yeah. We're yeah. Full, we, it, we, on average, America's going to live to about the age of seventy five, depending on your your gender. But we're sick starting at true. the age of forty. Yeah. yeah. The Abkhazians, the Hunsas, no, they're healthy right up until they're a hundred. <laughs> That's right. a huge difference. Yeah, yeah, interesting, interesting. So I, I, I'm glad you mentioned. I'm glad you mentioned fasting. Um, that I, yeah, I kept, that's that's intermittent fasting is a big diet fad thing now. Um, but uh, I, I guess just uh, um, so so you, I guess uh, is is that something you, you'd recommend then? As you know, multi multi day fasting, um, and then maybe consu maybe consuming raw milk or raw dairy or something along those lines. Or may, not not recommend obviously, but as as poss a possible path possible uh, good idea okay so um what you've just done shane uh, is to commit the common mistake uh -oh. i've been sitting here for well over an hour explaining to the audience and to you that it's a five-point model system that has to be practiced all together it's not right. one monotherapy it's not fasting Right, right. Yeah. Today, we're so degenerate, by the way, the average American, that if we were to water fast, we'd be in real trouble. The Hunzas and the Abkhazians that program their food to run out one way or another the last month before the food starts coming up in the garden, they have had years and years and years of building their system up with proper mineralization the whole time with, 
with heavy duty protein structure. They look different than mm -hmm. we do. Yeah. So when they fast on nothing but water, it's a whole different experience. They do the five point model system. So in our case, because we're, we're on the edge, right? <laughs> we're sick. <laughs> we have to practice at the 75% quartile, the entire five point model system. And then we can talk about doing some detoxification procedures, starting with drinking 100 ounces of fresh, good, healthy water each day. That's good enough. Gotcha. Okay. That's good enough. Don't jump into trying to do what they do when they have uh, an unbelievable constitution compared to our weak constitutions. We have to take time to rebuild ourselves. Does that make sense? Yes. Does that help? You to understand? <laughs> Yes, good. yes, it it, it, it certainly does. Yeah, it, it, it certainly does. And, and that's that that's a good point. And, and it's interesting. Um, it, it's interesting, too, because, um, yeah, I mean, you're right. We're, you know, the, the American population, or I guess the world population, generally speaking, is just very, very, very unhealthy. But like um, one of yeah. the one of the most uh, one of the most uh, successful therapies for type two, type two diabetes, getting, you know, these these uh, um, these um, patients off of their medications. Well, the, the solution, um, yeah, the solution for that is, uh, that's Dr. Jason Fung's had a lot of success with is, inter is intermittent fasting and sometimes long-term fasting, um, and, uh, you know, low carb diet. So it's interesting that, um, that's seems to be the, the it just, it's seems, seems to be a uh, different or it seems, seems to be opposing, but it, it, it's not really, I guess. No, no, not for type one. For, for type what you just said is not true right. for type one. No, it may you're, be you're true for correct. type two. Correct. No, no, you're right. Yeah, it's not 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 correct for type one. Yeah. Yep. It's for yeah, for type two diabetes, yep. correct. Yep. Yep. Yep, indeed, indeed. Okay, very good. Well, um, we've been going for for about an hour, an hour and a half here, and I and uh, I, I, do uh, <laughs> sure, sure you're a busy man, and, and we can always uh, have have another conversation here. Um, I guess just to just to to, to close out here, um, we've we've covered, uh, yeah, we we've covered the the, the problem pretty pretty thoroughly, um, and uh, yeah, I think we we've we've covered uh, the solutions and the and uh, you know the the, the five pillars. Um, I'll put links to all that uh, all that stuff in the show notes. But as, as we begin to close out here with uh, with this this uh, this first discussion, um, what uh, what are your closing thoughts for the listeners? Uh, what would, would you like to leave them with? Um, I would suggest that people go to my websites. Uh, there's their book. It's a book. You know, drrapsley.com, um, icrmlearn.org. Uh, there's also another one, icrm-ac. Dot com. All of that has the story of the long living and the degeneration that's occurring in, in civilization. Remember, civilization is a disease. The long living cultures are not. So if we emulate and study and learn and then practice what the long living do, I mean, we've got two arms and two legs just like they do. Mm -hmm. They only have two arms and two legs. If they can do it, we can do it. And the Seventh-day Adventist, as one example, is proving that in Los Angeles. Uh, we can do this. And for those that are willing, we can come out of this. For those that are in the majority, they're not listening, and I ain't trying to save them yep. because they're not going to listen to me. <laughs> they're just going to go ahead and, and, and plow away right into sickness. And, and if I can help them at some point along the way, I will. But for those that are listening right now and understand it's the five-point model that's the regenerative lifestyle that's based upon the long living, then uh, you've learned a lot today. And last thing I want to say, my partner in life, uh, Sangeeta Patti, has perfected the five-point model system based upon hard 
medical clinical outcome. She's done blood work. She's done the hormone. She's one of the top experts in the world in bioidentical hormone therapy. And she proved this within the medical system, within the medical sciences. So we have about 15,000 patients that she has seen at the clinic here in Orlando. And this is the system that we're teaching to both physicians and to the general public. And so people who want to stop in and check out our website at icrmlearn.org, they can get a, a whole bunch uh, out of it. So yeah. I wish you all luck. Very, very good. Well, I, I, I am very glad I, I learned about those websites. I, I'm, I'm obs- like I, I, I am obsessed with this stuff. So I'll be, I'll be reading, I'll be uh, scour- scouring through that. Um, but I guess the, the, the other, uh, the other thing is, um, I read a lot of books too. So you've, you've written, um, you've written books. Can you, you know, just uh, you know, tell us where to get it and um, what it's called? Sure. There's two books of mine. Uh, actually, there's probably three on Amazon. Uh, just uh, type in my name. Um, and the, the, there's one that's written uh, for the average general public member uh, called The Regeneration Effect, and it's centered around uh, a certain kind of blue-green algae that is a superfood and highly regenerative. And then there's one that's for physicians that's on this glandular therapy that we started off talking about relatively early tonight. Uh, but we also do webinars. Uh, we have uh, a webinar coming up in October for the healthcare professionals. And, um, and then in Chicago, uh, they'll be broadcasting three of my lectures uh, over the internet on uh, subject matter related to tonight to the general public. So just stay in touch with our websites. And um, if you want to email us, uh, we'll be happy to respond to you. Uh, just opt in to receive additional information by going to our website and we'll be happy to help whoever we can. Awesome, awesome. Well, uh, uh, Doctor Absley John, I, I really appreciate uh, appreciate uh, your time tonight. It's uh, it's really really incredible, powerful, powerful information. I mean, um, <clears throat> yeah, on, on this on this podcast, uh, it's focused focused around lifestyle changes. So, as far as the target audience, um, I mean, the, the, these folks have already or they're in the process of um, getting away from a servile society life of you know a nine to five job, and they're g- getting into a lifestyle change of their choice, whether it's off grid homesteading or van nomadism or whatever or perpetual traveling, whatever whatever these strategies are. So, um, got a, a very very uh, you know very appropriate audience here um, for 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 this for these sorts of things, and uh, I, I'm. Really appreciative. I'm going to I'm going to dig in and uh, in, in terms of our, our our second our second discussion, something something else we talk about on this podcast a lot is survivalism and and those sorts of things. And I I wasn't expecting to stumble across that in your website, so um, I would like to have you back on it to, to hone in on kind of that uh, that's kind of survival and health perspective because um, that's uh, that's a very very uh, interesting uh, interesting niche, and I'd, I'd like to to dig into that uh, later on. But um, for this conversation, we'll, we'll we'll close out there. So thank you so much. And uh, um, anything else before I let you go? No, it's just been real enjoyable. Thank you for your uh, for your efforts here. I hope it helps. Oh, uh, it, uh, it it definitely will. It definitely will. So, um, thank you so much, uh, um, John, for coming on. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, and until next time, always remember, Bonnie was yours for the making. <laughs>